Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, Evergrande. All right, Mike. Over the last couple of days, we've had some clients calling us saying, hey, this Evergrande company in China, what's mm. going on uh, when it comes to the financial plan? People have been going, should I change my strategy? Should I settle on this house? Should I contribute, you know, like continue tr- contributing to my index fund? Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And I think um, we've also customers contact us like, you know, should I buy now? Should I hold off? Is this going to impact my ability to borrow money? Um, and it gives a really interesting sense because none of the people contacting me have been w- work in the financial services industry. So it just shows how apparent um, that how interconnected everything is now and how, you know, that that information that's coming out of China is now impacting people in New Zealand. Uh, trying to buy their first house, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, I love doing episodes like this one where we've got something which is in the media. People are getting content from lots of different places. It's an evolving story all the time. So we're going to try to get this recording out as quickly as we can to make sure mm-hmm. it's still relevant when it, when it drops. Um, but essentially today we'll be talking about who Evergrande are, what has happened, why you should care, what are the implications? And of course, the big question is, will they fall over? And what, what, should, what should you do? And should your, your strategy uh, and the way you're dealing with your financial plan change? Yeah, absolutely. So Mike, let me ask you the first question. Who the hell are these guys? <laughs> yeah, really good question. So well, they're a real estate company um, and real estate developers founded in 96. Um, they've got, we have a... 1,300 projects um, all across China, over 280 cities. Um, you know, originally they were real estate developers, um, but you know, like everyone sort of gets, as you get that that sweet sweet money through the front door, it's it's a bit hard to just stay in your lane. And you know, I'm reminded here of probably uh, WeWork, uh, you know, Tesla to a degree as well, doing all these little offshoots and things like that. So you know. Recently, Evergrande has been doing things like, you know, uh, electric cars, uh, food and drink manufacturing. They actually went out and well, they didn't buy a football. So they sort of bought a football team. I think it was sort of a throwaway <laughs> comment from, uh, from from Xi Jinping, who sort of said, you know, one day I hope China can, can, can win a football World Cup. And, you know, um, Evergrande went out and invested, you know, tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in a, in a football team to try and sort of, I guess, gain favor with the, with, with the Communist Party. And, and, and that sort of shows the, the environment that they're working in and how they're able, you know, not the only reason, but one of the major reasons as to how they grow so big so quickly uh, and ultimately has sort of led us to the situation that they're in at the moment. Um, that expansion comes at, at a cost. Um, the way that um, Chinese real estate works, especially with developers, is it's not a lot of deposit um, for a lot of debt-funded growth. You know, like you might be putting um, a very small deposit down on the land. Um, you're, you're then getting um, some cash in from the, uh, from the purchases. Um, you're not paying your staff probably till six months later. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of upfront cash and a lot of it is sort of reliance on debt. Um, so at the moment, their outstanding debt is around about 300 billion uh, US. So that's- Sorry, it. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could, you, could you say that number again, please? With a minute yeah, and of emphasis on the B? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's a funny sort of number to say, right? 300 billion. What is that? That's actually 2% of China's, China's annual GDP. 
Um, and I can't stress how big that number is if you just think of the interest payments on it and everything that goes with that and how do you keep that machine ticking over um, as soon as you know as soon as something goes wrong where you can't continue to grow which is what that sort of debt funded uh, growth relies on a continuance to grow uh, the, the walls come collapsing down pretty quickly Mike it, just to emphasize the difference between a million and a billion uh, I know what people think, know what it is on paper, but I think it was Andrew Higgs this morning on a call said a million seconds, was it seven years or 11 years? Um, and a billion seconds is 38 years. So yeah. $300 billion is a truckload of cash. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely insane. So James, what has got, uh, you know, that, that's sort of the setup and who they are and how they got to be so big and what big looks like for them. Um, you know, why are they falling over? What's, what's happened? Yeah, so like in terms of the, the implications here, there's several reasons why this is a really big problem. Um, mm. The first one is because people have, so I think you mentioned like, like 1,300 uh, property construction projects on the go. Mm -hmm. So people have paid deposits for those houses, um, if they go under, as a very uh, initial starting point, those people will lose their deposits, which has an implication. Hmm. Um, the, the second thing is that there's, there's major losses um, in terms of construction design firms. Think about all the different suppliers involved with a company that is, has 1,300 different projects. The reliance you are on this big entity to continue to um, pay your bills, there will be companies that are tied to the sperm for really long periods of time with extended projects. Mm. If these guys fall over, they've lost all of that, which could force those um, suppliers into bankruptcy. Yeah, and, and you, you sort of think of Mayville in New Zealand there, right? Um, when, they, when they got into trouble and locked everyone out and uh, traders couldn't even get their tools off the work site and stuff. So you, you, you times that by 300 billion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can sort of see the impact of the economy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... There are a couple of like like little things around the implications, but in terms of uh, what's what's happened is um, Beijing have brought in some new rules to control how much money real estate developers owe, uh, can owe. Um, this has meant that uh, Evergrande have gone kind of like, oh crap, we've had to do some major discounts um, to ensure that the money could keep floating into the business to keep the mm -hmm. company afloat. Um, but it's not been enough. And the result has been they're now struggling to meet some of their interest payments on their $300 billion worth of debt. Mike, yeah. I said, I think you said there was one coming up um, in the next couple of days. How much is that? It's that around payment? 83 million US, I think. Yeah. So yeah. not a not yeah. a small bill. That's one of your uh, your breakfasts, isn't it, James? One of your brunch? Oh, your brunch I'll tell brunch? you, um, Smash Shadow is not cheap these days, <laughs> especially outside of season. Um, so, so... This has resulted in um, Evergrande's share price dropping about 85%. So mm. for a company that owns that much money, it's pretty terrifying. In the last few days, the kind of world's caught on to this. There's been some alarms go off, which has resulted in most markets around the world dropping about 2%, which in the scheme of things isn't much of a drop as well, but the markets are now starting to react yeah and this um, to be honest this isn't this this isn't something that's happened over the last couple of days like there was 
you know, they've been red flags since as early as 2018, probably before then as well, if we're, if, if we're being really honest, around mm. the amount of debt that the company has carried, their operations, and then their political risks about the fact that they can't continue to borrow. They were mm. signaling for a number of years now that they had to reduce their debt reliance. Um, and, you know, I, I won't get too far into the weeds on, 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 on sort of what's led us up to this exact point, but, you know, they're there started to be some pretty shady stuff around stock buybacks right before earnings um, calls and, 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 well, not earnings calls, I don't do earnings calls, but, you know, um, earnings reports and these sorts of things. Um, so the writing's been on the wall for a, um, for a little while here. Um, and, you know, it's we, what we're sort of hoping is that the financial system that surrounds them um, can, can deal with, with the fallout. Yeah. So 2% of... China's GDP is the equivalent of that level of debt. That's what you said, wasn't it, Mike? Yep. Yeah. So um, obviously a company that size with that many projects, that is many suppliers, there's concerns around, um, I guess, uh, China's economy off the back of this. Mm. Um, and then also the amount of banks and financial institutions that are tied to this, this debt. Um, so, Mike, the, the big question becomes, if that's what's happened, what are, what are the implications here? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the implications can be sort of broken up into a few different parts. Obviously, this is going to have short-term, medium, and long-term effects on the, um, uh, the Chinese economy. Um, and I mean the real economy. Um, so uh, production, workers, uh, you know, that transition of money um, as they are uh, from... Uh, those primary goods, so they produce a lot of things. Um, so that's going to have a real impact on their economy. Um, the the second thing there is probably it's still part of the real economy, but the the impact to their um, financial economy. So you know they owe um, money to around about 171 domestic banks, uh, around 120 other sort of financial firms. Um, so you can imagine what that's going to look like um, in terms of the uh, the knock on effect if they do default. If they do default, what happens then is, you know, let's say you're expecting to get your weekly salary in um, and it's, you know, I don't know, it, let's call it, sorry, let's say it's $1,000 a fortnight uh, a week. Um, let's say you're expecting that $1,000 a week to come in and you're giving pocket money out to your kids. Um, all of a sudden, if that turns around, it's $200 uh, one week because you're, you're, um, the person paying your wage uh, couldn't pay at all and they only paid a little bit all of a sudden you might not give that pocket money out to your children. And I hope that's a quick analogy on if, if Evergrande defaults to their domestic banks or financial firms, they can't pass on any interest or returns or anything that they're meant to pay, but they also can't lend out money. Um, so that could create a bit of a credit crunch there uh, domestically in, in China. Um, most of their exposure is to Chinese-based um, uh, Chinese-based banks and financial firms, though, so hopefully there's not too much of a contagion risk, but you, you simply never know these days um, with the insurance policies in the background and who's holding what. Um, but yeah, so pretty much uh, credit crunch in the world's sort of second largest economy is going to be pretty, pretty bad. Um, this is going to be pretty unnerving for foreign investment in China as well. Um, it'll mean that's sort of a less attractive place to put their money. Um, you know, you may see um, China um, start to try and bail out Evergrande, but with those sorts of numbers, pretty pretty difficult, especially because China likes to keep a really tight grip on the value of the yuan. 
So if they're printing money to bail out um, Evergrande at that scale, um, they're going to devalue the yuan quite a bit, um, which they're not usually keen to do. Yeah. The, the point you made, Mike, about whether it kind of stays somewhat contained to China mm. or whether it kind of blows out further, just yeah. coming back to that, that analogy, which I really liked, it was really good analogy around kids and their pocket money, and then maybe if you roll it forward, then the impact is on the dairy owner, which is mm. then has impact on all the lolly producers in the market. Yeah. At some point, New Zealand, especially around the dairy industry and all the things we do um, with China, would would feel a pinch if enough suppliers and different parts of the economy were pulled back, right? Yeah, well, I think we're going to feel the pinch regardless. So you and what that pinch is going to look like is an increase in the price of the cost of goods coming out of China, um, and. Mm you're already in a situation where economies are relatively weak due to COVID, the pandemic, supply chains, these sorts of things. Um, you know, and when I say the economy, once again, I mean the real economy here, not the stock market. Um, so as, as, as those slight increases in costs um, sort of start to come out of China, that's going to have a really big impact on what's happening in New Zealand. Uh, well, not, not a big impact, but it is, you are going to see an impact um, in New Zealand. So there will be some contagion naturally, um, but what we're really hoping for is that there isn't a contagion in the financial markets. Um, and if you think about the, um, you know, their exposure outside of um, China, um, you know, BlackRock, I mean, HSBC, you could argue sort of as a Chinese-based bank. And there's, I think UBS is in there as well in the mix. So there are some pretty big players, but it's sort of yet to figure out how much of it is going to flow through to them and what that looks like. And then how does that then flow on to the rest of the world as well? Yeah, it's interesting because I've seen some writing, whether fair or not, referring to kind of the potential Evergrande bankruptcy as mm. China's very own Lehman Brothers mm. and the credit the credit implications there. But in addition to that, yeah, it's not the only thing happening in in the world at the moment. If this this were to happen, in addition to um, you know the global economy and the, the attempted recovery when it comes to to COVID. Um, there's supply uh, supply chain issues out there. There's investors already nervous about what's going to happen with the US Fed with kind of the idea of pulling back the amount of money that's getting printed. Yeah. And I, I've seen some already forecast that um, world markets in terms of stock markets might mm. pull back like 10% because that money stops getting printed. Yeah. So these, these things in addition all start to add up, right? Yeah, of, of course, of course. So, what we've um, what we've given you there is a rundown of what is it, how do we get here, what does that impact look like to the markets, whether that's um, you know just a slight increase in the cost of um, uh, things we're buying from China, potentially some financial contagion, maybe a credit crunch. Although I can't really see that happening too much. Um, what does this mean for you, and what should you do? So James, what are you telling clients at the moment? Before before I ask you that question Mike can I ask you a question yeah okay. um <laughs> what do you what do you think will happen with um obviously there's a lot of speculation out there mm. like do you think they're going to going to fall over do you think the government's going to bail them out do you think we're just going to work all this out uh yeah what I think will happen is you'll see um they'll kick out their terms on their debt quite a bit um you're almost too big to fail, right? But I think what we're what the unknown here is is how the Chinese government will react. And you know, um, 
that's sometimes a little bit difficult to predict, um, especially, um, you know, given their propensity for actually, um, you know, as opposed to Western governments, sometimes the Chinese government just lets companies fall, fall over. Um, they'll impose uh, regulations on their tech firms, which means they can't do, a, you know, um, a whole lot of stuff that sort of Western tech firms can do and all of these sorts of things. I mean, they do act differently to Western governments and how they deal with issues. Um, personally, I, could, I, I anticipate that Evergrande will just kick out the terms of their debt. They'll get some type of relief or bailout from um, the government. The government will nationalize a lot more of the, um, of the company, if not all of the company. Um, and then we'll implement, um, uh, I guess, social policy and fiscal policy around the company um, to try and, uh, I guess, dig it out of the hole that it's in. Yeah, yeah. It makes me, that kind of idea of kicking the can down the road kind of gives a similar sort of vibe to, I think it was 2016 with Greece and remembering how that, how long that kind of ran on for, like extending dates, extending dates, because it's no, nobody's best interest that this happens. Mm. You're, you're right. China, the Chinese government are unpredictable in terms of how they might how they might deal with this the really interesting point which we mentioned right at the start though is the whole they have been warned and the whole construction and property development industry has been warned hey you guys are carrying too much debt Hmm. you need to pull back your levels of debt and if you bail out a company who's in an industry which has been warned around we want to see a change of behavior and then they bail out the poor behavior what is that signal to the rest of the market? So I've seen some kind of uh, commentary along the lines of if, if they do bail out, what are, how will the rest of the industry react? Um, well, I think they'll be, I think they'll be forced to react. Um, and yeah. what you, you know, maybe they won't bail them out. You know, maybe yeah. they'll go, okay. Who knows? Or, or, you know, if you think about it from a strategic perspective from the government, um, you know, a cheaper way to ultimately end up at the place um, that I, that the example I just gave, where they nationalize it, where they bail them out and nationalize it, is to not bail them out and nationalize it. Let the debt bounce, uh, <laughs> nationalize the, the company, uh, you know, probably sort out some of the internal issues in the, in the uh, with the financial banks in China. Um, and all of a sudden you own the company and you haven't had to bail out foreign banks. Um, so, you know, potentially an avenue there for them. But what, what does that signal to the market? You know, in, in any other economy, that would, that would be a pretty bad signal. But, you know, um, what, what does bailing out bad behavior look like in, in China and what does that signal to them? I don't know. Ask Jack Ma. I haven't seen him for a while. So uh, it, it may be that um, even though they're bailed out, um, a, a pretty strong message is still sent around operating in China and the way that companies operate like a really big game of chicken isn't it it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, um, and i'm sure um everyone probably knows who jack Maher is but uh he's he's the founder of alibaba who um, got on the wrong side of uh government and in china and hasn't been seen for a, a number of months now uh to any large degree uh, and yeah one of the wealthiest people in china so yeah it's they can send a pretty strong message um when, when they want to yeah great okay so to answer your question mike brown what should clients do uh I really regurgitate, uh, and I encourage my clients to contact me about this stuff, but regurgitate the same message consistently when these sort of things happen. Mm. And the answer is there will always be uncertainty in the world. World events just have different names to them, but they will continue to continue coming. Like 
once every, I think it's it's something like um, in the last twenty years, fifteen um, recessions have been have been picked, um, and obviously there's really just been GFC and, and COVID. Yeah. Uh, there will always be uncertainty in the world. It's whether it's nine um, eleven, whether it's the tech bubble, whether it's um, uh, the global financial crisis, COVID, mm. um, the Great Depression, whatever it might be, there will be something that will happen every five to seven years. Yeah. If you are in your 30s, 40s, or even 60s, you're going to go through multiple um, events like this every few years. And you yeah. need to learn to, I mean, that's why diversification is so important with your strategy that you're not too heavily dependent on one thing, because obviously if all your money was sitting in Evergrande or all your contracts were sitting with them, probably be pretty nervous <laughs> right now. But if you have a well-diversified portfolio, if you have a plan that involves investment property, KiwiSaver index funds, maybe you have your own business, um, you and your partner work for different businesses. It's just about holding the line, making sure that you don't panic because panic is never, um, fear is never a good place to make decisions from. Yep. And you continue following your own personal financial plan. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. I have loved this episode, Mike. It's, I mean, I don't like things going wrong in the world, but it's quite fun to talk about these sort of things, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Hopefully we can get it out quick enough where this information is still relevant. Um, it'd be a good one to look back on and see how right or how wrong we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hopefully that's helped you understand what's going on with Evergrande, the implications, who they are. Um, we will leave it there. Make sure to give us a subscribe and a like. Our subscribes and um, likes are slowly building, but we'd really like it if you supported us to help inform more people about topics like today and future ones that we'll have. Enjoy the rest of your week. For those in Auckland, enjoy your takeaways, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.